Hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. I hope you're having a good day. Uh, this is the Day In, Day Out podcast. This is episode 35. Uh, today's podcast is with Stephen Morgan, who is a comedian, uh, storyteller, actor, writer, musician, uh, to say the least. Uh, he is a great chap, a uh, very talented indeed and yeah had a fantastic conversation with him uh today uh so please uh sit back enjoy the podcast and yeah uh be awesome uh yep thank you very much and yeah enjoy the show peace haha Oh, good grief. Hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. Uh, yes, uh, this is the Day In, Day Out podcast. Uh, this is podcast uh, 34. Today, oh, today, 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 I have Stephen Morgan with me, who is a comedian, improviser, a storyteller, actor, as well as a writer and a musician. My God. Yes, he has many a skill, like a very talented Mr. Ripley. And yes, how are you today, sir? I'm very good, very good. That's a very uh, flattering introduction. I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing well. Here in the UK, lockdown. Uh, you're over in the Netherlands at this present time. Is that correct? That's that's right. Yeah, also lockdown, like most of the world now. Uh, you know, very familiar with the indoors. <laughs> yes, yes, let's put it this way In my humble flat, I think we've got to know Every sort of nook, cranny, crevice You can get to know in a building right now yeah. It's amazing how familiar you can get With just like cracks on the ceiling And things like this <laughs> and the patterns They become friends in a way <laughs> Well, yes, let's put it this way uh, you, I, I hear that uh, I wouldn't, My lady would not technically agree She most sort of like going, what? <laughs> <laughs> just She's been pacing up and down, like, let me out. You've gone out for a walk. No, let me out. <laughs> she just wants ah, freedom yeah. right now. <laughs> no, I completely, I mean, I totally empathize. I mean, the thing is, I mean, I, I guess we're all going through it. And I kind of go through phases where sometimes it's just like, you know, you can be very zen about it all. You can be like, oh, this is a great period of reflection and mm. I'm getting used to catching up on all, all of those things, which I usually don't have time for. And then you have moments when you're just like, I just want to be anywhere doing anything. And I want people <laughs> around me and I want to just, you know, just fuck all of this Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I understand. Uh, put it this way, um, like with regards to the realm of what you do, I, yeah, being in a crowd, being out there amongst the public is what you do. <laughs> it's like this is yeah, like yeah. this is a crazier time for your type of industry right now your skills yeah for, absolutely i mean like this is it's huge it's hit so many people so hard i mean you know i've got like a, a day job which means that at least i can kind of i've got something that keeps me going but like mm. i see this place is nice this is like organizers and everything they're taking on like any work they can get whatsoever if anything they can get you know it's a really tough time for a lot of people out there and the entertainment industry yeah i mean mm. like a lot of people who just it's just so very suddenly out of nowhere. Are just like, well, okay, now I have to reevaluate my life choices. You know? Yeah. No. No. I totally understand. Like a friend of mine, uh, Max. He is an actor as well. He had a gig. He just started in January of all times uh, yeah. over in Manchester, and unfortunately, like being what it is, that all just went to the like went down. Uh, yeah. yeah, so like I can like I 
could sympathize with him and go, yeah, sorry, dude, it's it's the way it is. But there's not a lot you can do or say about that. Well, that's it. So many people are affected in so many different ways by this. And, you know, it's, I think that if in many ways it's kind of, um, you know, cause I've, I, I lost a lot of money on trips and things like this, mm. which similar like pre-booked before this, but, and at the time, you know, you're a bit frustrated, but when everyone is going through so many different like experiences right now, you, it, it does mean you get a bit of perspective and kind of like, oh, well, it could be far worse than this, you know? Mm, mm. Yeah, like I totally agree with you. Uh, yeah, may I ask a question with regards to like how you got started? Like, was it a case of what did you get started with first? Was it comedy or acting? Uh, it was well, it's music really. For a long time, music was like my primary sort of uh, love and thing, which just drew, drove me, uh, and was also part of my focus with writing as well. So I did a lot of uh, reviewing for magazines mm-hmm. and things like that because you know I knew a lot of my music, so I had, I had a lot of uh, things to say. But uh, no, for I had the uh, the upbringing where uh, you know I had the 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 mindset that like well it's only if i put my uh, the effort in then i will uh, that will build a career based as uh, as some sort of rock star uh, it's you know it's only a matter of time this will all happen just need to uh, just just make it work uh with that kind of really naive view of like a teenage <laughs> in like early 20s and everything and and i really went you know we really went for it we had i've had the band Neon Highwire, you know, we, we played regularly, we recorded an album and an EP, um, mm-hmm. but simultaneously, you know, it's like you kind of realize pretty quickly, it's like the gap between this and like making this something which would sustain the three of us yeah. uh, to just like live on is massive and it's just not going to happen. And as much as it's really, you know, we were doing so much of it in our spare time and things like that, it's just that realization that you're kind of like, you know, it's, you got to make the call at some point. Mm. And also I moved to Australia. So that kind of, uh, uh, <laughs> things okay. too. It's like, a, yes, we're going to be stars. We're going to be rock stars. Uh, by the way, I'm going to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Cena. But, uh, uh, <laughs> it was a bit of that. I mean, like, I mean, we had been together for like, oh God, it was, uh, seven years, I think in the end. So mm. it wasn't like, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't like, uh, it was like you know we we were just a flash in the pan thing and at that point as well i think that uh that we were all in a point of our lives where like things were changing Mm. because we've been in london we'd been uh which is a great city to live in actually i find london kind of one of those cities that's like simultaneously the best and the worst city to live in because everything is extreme in london yeah it's like this there's always something to do there's so much like uh you know uh, so much going on there's people from all walks of life you just like you experience things which you're just not going to experience it outside of like massive metropolitan cities like that mm. but simultaneously you have to catch the tube every day multiple times a day <laughs> and like uh, to get like any sort of you know more than a few meters to yourself uh, of space uh, takes takes a lot of distance and you can reach a point where you're kind of like I need you know I need to just calm down a little bit of course now that's a very different thing because now <laughs> got more than enough time to calm <laughs> down. now you're like oh, someone please hug me <laughs> Maybe not you. Stay away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. It's a big trade-off. Uh, like anyone who's got like 
normal temperature hasn't coughed for about three weeks or anything like that <laughs> give me a yeah, hug <laughs> yeah, like, I need, yeah and you also need to know your history for the last three weeks and, yeah, well, yeah yeah but, yeah but yeah but no i mean like, but, but it was yeah and it's one of those things if you i don't know i'd been i'd lived in london for like nine years and okay. um and it's uh, yeah and it was uh, a decision that it was like time for something new but uh, like, because whereabouts in the UK are you? I'm in London. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh -huh. I'm, in, I'm in North London. What part of London were you in? Okay. So most of my time I was in Brixton. Ah. Uh, uh, in South London. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, I, I understand. Like, yes, civilization and like culture stopped when it got to the river. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Come on. I'm south of the river. I mean, I'm south of the river most of the time. I love that place. I mean, Brixton was great. What I loved about Brixton was the fact that you had like this little village mentality, but just like so close to the center, you know, because it was mm. like, you know, you'd get some places that were relatively central, but like they were still just part of like just a little suburb that was part of something else. But mm. Brixton had its own identity, its own feel. It just, it really was just like alive with its own culture. You know, Brixton was a place. I mean, I'm not trying to rag on like Camberwell or anything. I lived in Camberwell too. And Camberwell just felt a little bit like, Eh, you know, <laughs> we're just like a junction, you know. I see. Uh, if you lived in Brixton, that means you must have went to, what is the name of that pub? There was a pub on Brixton Hill, I think called the White Horse or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know that one. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I, was, like, I was dating a young lady many moons ago. And she lived around the corner from there. And there was, there was a couple of times where I gently swayed on a winter's night getting, like, going back to her. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I see. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It's amazing how many, uh, you know, stories and anecdotes kind of like, you know, it's like, oh, you remember that place? Yeah, I remember it because of a girl or because of yeah. a place that I went out a lot. But, yeah. No, I was, uh, I was like, right, but I was pretty central. I was down by um, Trinity Arms, uh, so, which oh. um, was just off the high street. I think that was part of the reason that I found London so intense as well, because I was, like, right on, uh, you know, the high street, just, just like, <laughs> kind of flat, just behind that, which was always, you know, no matter what time of day or night, it was always kind of, like, chaotic. Yeah, no, Brixton doesn't really sleep. It does no. <laughs> <laughs> It was at a certain pulse. And if you're not with that pulse... Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's like, mm, like, yeah, I, like as I say, I've been in Br the Brixton area, so I know I don't know it well, but I know some parts yeah. of it. But yeah, but yeah, I yeah. could tell you, yeah, Brixton doesn't really sleep. It just goes <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Um, so you went to Australia, and like, was it a case of you still doing music out there, or was it just you and us? Well, no, I mean, so I kind of, I mean, it was my ex-girlfriend who got work out there, and also I'd always wanted to live in another country, not like yeah. specifically a particular country, but just the idea of living somewhere outside of the culture that I was, you know, most familiar with, just felt like something I wanted to do. Mm. Uh, I never really quite understood why. Um, and she got the opportunity to get a job in Australia, and, you know, it was like, well, I was also kind of thinking, it's like, well, I've got the benefit of speaking the language, which will, you know, help mm. uh, to perhaps kind of fit in. Um, so, yeah, I just moved out to there. And uh, yeah, and that was kind of like a convenient time, I guess, for the, the band to, to wind down, uh, obviously being the other side of the, 
but it was it's a weird thing though being in a band because there's a part of it that's um a lot like being in a relationship in the sense mm. that the amount of time you spend with these people and the difficult decisions and the number of times you'll meet up because you know you got like a gig coming up and you need to rehearse and stuff and you don't want really want to meet up you're not in the mood for it or whatever so one of you starts bickering about something and then someone gets a bit annoyed about something else and then the other one calms everyone down and whatever yeah. it is this is a lot of there's so many like little things like that which you just suddenly realize it's like damn we spent way too much time together <laughs> but then but also then the, the flip side of that was like i tried to like jam with some people out in australia and i basically got to the point where the three of us were like had such a good chemistry and we could just mm. really kind of like read each other and then i had these other people and i was kind of like ah it's just not the same. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, I'm not, I'm not guys. over them yet. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not you guys. It's me. I'm not over my ex yet. And sorry, <laughs> I thought I'd moved on, but I just, I just, okay, yes, okay. not what? yet. Why are we meeting in this restaurant? I'm just like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just wanted to get to know you first. You know, that's yeah, the like, yeah. you know? Yeah, just like, why are you sitting closest to the door? Hey, just in case, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Get up yeah. So, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, how long were you in Australia for? It's like uh, three and a half years in the end. Um, oh. Yeah, and it was it was a really nice place to live uh, in in terms of just like quality of life. Like things are very easy in mm. Australia. Uh, one thing was like I've never felt so safe in my life. It was a really weird sensation because I don't know. It's just like even like um, yeah. I, I don't know if it, I mean, the crime stats are just lower there in general, but just mm. everyone, there's, either there's like hardly anyone around or like you'll be in a dark alley and people are kind of just completely, I don't know, like if you do bump into someone, they're just, just all, they're just, I don't I can't quite put my finger on it. It was just like, um, there were just so few people around yet some, but everyone seems so relaxed about just say walking down a dark alley or something. And I don't know, I just, uh, you know, I grew up in South Wales and then I lived in London for a while as much yeah. twice in London. <laughs> and so it was kind of, maybe there's a part of me that was a little bit like, you know, jumpy about certain things. And I went to this place where basically no one seemed to give a shit about anything. And, was so, and uh, you know, the Australians are pretty laid back about everything. And uh, yeah. And I was just like, Oh, uh, I guess I can relax a bit, you know, oh. and, and get used to this lifestyle. <laughs> ah, excellent, excellent. So was it in Australia you discovered comedy or was it just a case of you just... Yeah, that's it. It, it was, yeah. I mean, like I always, you know, like joked around with friends and stuff like that. But it's, you know, you, you quickly realize there's a big difference between that and, you know, doing something a bit mm. more serious. But it was, for me, it was like you move to another country and you've got like... And especially when it's the opposite side of the planet, you know, you, you no longer have your uh, your friends uh, close to you, especially if they're in the opposite time zone. You know, they mm. will sleep while you're awake and vice versa. And you want to um, make the most of it. You know, you want to kind of um, get try something new. It's mm. a weirdly liberating feeling uh, to suddenly uh, have your entire like um, social calendar just kind of like just blacked out you know just like suddenly you've got nothing else in there right it's just yeah. empty and on the one hand you're kind of like you know it's like the, the, over time there can be a bit of the loneliness and that sort of thing and you realize you don't got the long-term friendships but in the immediate thing it's just like this thing where you're kind of like oh we you know it's not like oh in that weekend we're going to go see these people and then this night we got this and i got band practice that night and all this mm. sort of thing suddenly it was like damn we can just like 
do anything you know i got time yeah no no i understand that and like i'd say with regards to the current situation many of us well find ourselves in right now i think that's yes. something which has been kind of highlighted uh, with regards to getting your time back in some ways. Yeah, place. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. And it's, yeah, that's, that has actually been one of the experiences, which, uh, and it reminds me a lot of that period because I'm kind of like, now I'm like, oh yeah, I've got just time, you know, mm. it's, 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 it's a really nice sensation mm. to, you know, obviously there's the negatives, but there, it is something which I think sometimes you just forget and forget to kind of like look after yourself in that regard and, and just take some time to, uh, to do nothing or to do something which doesn't matter so much and that sort of thing. Mm, yeah. Like um, with that sort of liberation fight, like when, like, was it a case of you then found comedy by just doing it amongst friends or was it a case of you? Well, no, no, so I, I I'd always wanted to try, I mean, like, so stand-up comedy is kind of like the, the, the most common entry point to just like trying something out comedy-wise, you know, because it's like, you're not depending on anyone else. Uh, but simultaneously, it was something which I'd always said that I was going to try, but it was always a bit too uh, scared to go up and do for the first time. I mean, not that I tell people that. It was more the fact that I tell people, yeah, I'll do it, but just not yet. You know, uh-huh. it's going to be in a few <laughs> weeks, you know. It's always perpetually a few weeks away. Yeah. And so I ended up actually taking up like a, a, a course, uh, like a stand-up comedy course, um, because partly because I was kind of like, oh yeah, because then at least like, you know, I'll have like a bit of a buffer and I'll have someone will tell me like, you know, I'm just talking shit or and partly because then it's like, you know, you commit to something and it's like, suddenly it's like, um, if you don't do it, then you just feel like you're, you're letting people down. Even if mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter, there is a certain sort of, uh, drive about the fact that now you've told people, oh, I'm doing this and you feel like now you have to prepare for it. It's got a mm. deadline, you know, it's real. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was just basically my entry point to it. You know, the, the first set that I did, it was like, it was, it was terrifying. I mean, it was, it was, <laughs> it, was it had some good points. It had some bad points. Uh, yeah. And then afterwards, you know, you're kind of like the buzz of it all is just, it's, uh, it's, it's just, you know, it's just indescribable. Um, and I'd never done any of the material from that first set ever again. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, this is my first say. It's gold. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. like, well, that's it. It was just a funny thing because it's because uh, a lot of um, stand-up comedy, you kind of you learn on stage, and mm. you and putting material out to an audience is a sort of a way of uh, writing that's unlike any, well, unlike most forms of like uh, you know expression and, and creativity, because you it, it really does depend on the audience, you know. Mm. So whenever you get someone who's kind of like, oh yeah, I'm thinking of trying it for the first time and I've been writing stuff down, I'm getting the perfect set and everything. It's like, ah, oh, dude, just, just get up on stage and do it. Even if it's not perfect, because what you will realize very quickly is that like, you know, the things, so many assumptions that you've made on paper just either don't work on stage or work mm. in a different way than you anticipate them. And so, and until you actually try that out and put it out there, you're not going to know for sure. You know, yeah. that's what, that's why you get professional comedians constantly doing the open mic circuit, constantly trying out materials, just like constantly performing the same thing again and again, because they need to work out what does work and what doesn't. Mm. And they need audiences to be able to, uh, you know, see what the response is to these things. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. One of the things what comes to mind is with regards to like, with you doing music 
and then doing comedy. Yeah. Like it's a sort like you you both need to get your reps in on both things, right? But with music, yeah. you can have this sort of set like you've got your sort of set songs which you can go back to again and again and again. Like when you use a comedy bit or anything like that, it's there it's very hard to find something which just goes on forever in comedy because it's kind yeah. of like in that moment. It's funny for, it'll be funny for maybe a few weeks, a few months, and then yeah. it's done. And you got to basically do your reps, but also still yeah. find that new material, which is always a constant challenge, which in, yeah, for sure. So hard, so hard. Yeah, I mean, I know it's, it's, it's a, that's a very good point. I mean, that's a very like um, key factor, which I think that, uh, you know, as someone who had that musical background mm. that I didn't realize until I really did the comedy, because to me, I was like, I've been on stage tons of times. I'm going to be fine with stage presence. I'm okay with all of this. So I never really anticipated quite how much stage fright I would get at the start of the stand-up mm. because I was kind of like, because also I was very comfortable on stage as a musician as well. I was like playful. I could interact with the crowd. And so in my head, I was like, oh, this is just like a natural progression. I'll just move straight into this. Mm. It's like you say that there's a certain thing with music where you are learning your parts like again and again in a very precise manner mm -hmm. you know you're kind of like sure you can like improvise a little bit on stage but you really do know what you know these are songs that you are recreating yeah they have a very time specific thing you can't vary it too much because there's also people around you who are counting on you from doing something a particular way too but in comedy, it's you and it's mm. only you. And if you want to change something in the moment, you change something in the moment. And if you make a mistake in the delivery of something, it changes the entire set from now on because now people think it's something different than what you intended it to be. And so all it takes, say, is someone to smash a glass in the middle of something that you're saying. And if you can't respond and react to that, then you know, the, the, you've lost the crowd, you, you've lost everything. So you really do have to have this kind of like in the moment, like a response and like a vibe going on that uh, you can get away with not having with music. Mm -hmm. So like with regards to like your first set's your first set and like, yes, the terrifying, <laughs> the terrifying ordeal of that is just like, yeah. Um, there, like when was like, when was an epic set and when you, did you have it like a set later in your career where you were like, Oh God, I just, I bombed big time and oh, help me, help me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I mean, like, you know, there have been plenty of, uh, uh, well, more than I'd like of the latter. Mm. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> but, you know <laughs> but it is it is part of the learning process, though, as well. I mean, that's one thing you realize, too, is that, you know, you need to bomb. You need to know the material doesn't work. You need to take risks. That's kind of like part of it as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I've had like sets, you know, the, the worst feeling, and this is, you know, I wish I could say, oh, it's only happened once or twice. But you know, it's, when, it's not just the fact that it's like if something doesn't go well, because you know, if, if something doesn't go well, there's a part of your brain that can kind of like go, ah, the crowd weren't feeling it tonight. The worst feeling is when someone else just before you has like had a really good set, the crowd are re-responding to them, and then you go on, and they just lose all that energy and they just the momentum is gone because that's that's the worst one and i and yeah i mean like I'm, i've had that happen like uh, i mean there's one of the probably the worst one was probably this one that i did uh in harlem uh, here in the netherlands and it was what was worst about it was the fact that it was a big show yeah and uh and i kind of realized what i was doing 
I was just, uh, my energy was like super low and I tend to be quite a high energy performer mm. before I went on. And I was dealing with some stuff that was a bit gross, I guess. I don't want to kind of go too much okay. into the material. But usually I can kind of pass it off with the whole fact that I'm kind of, you know, just quite playful and upbeat and, you know, and I just, I'm semi-apologetic for what it is. But just something about the vibe of me that evening, because in my head I was a little bit kind of just, I don't know, I wasn't quite switched on. And mm. suddenly all these lines, which just kind of feel just, they're fine normally, suddenly they're so sleazy. And suddenly I just sound like this really creepy guy and I'm kind of like looking out at the audience and I'm not getting a good response. And I'm kind of thinking of in real time about the things I'm saying. And I'm like, this sounds really creepy when you say it that way. And as soon as you start like analyzing yourself on stage in the moment, you, you know, you've lost you. it. Yeah. Just like find you out. No, I really sound creepy. Wait, right. no one else can hear this conversation. It's Why is that person staring at me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. No one wants like, to make eye contact yeah, with the creepy like, guy. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. But, oh. yeah, that one sticks in, in memory. Because, you know, the thing is, it's like you can have stuff bomb in sort of like tiny crowds and everything. But that was a particularly bad one because I was oh. kind of like just looking out and I'm like, Oh, there's like hundreds of people here and I'm fucking up big time. Oh dear. Oh no. But I've also, but like, yeah, but I've also, you know, what I think my favorite ones, the ones which I've like enjoyed the most are the ones where I'm kind of improvising in the moment and I'm mm. kind of being playful with material and throwing bits in the, uh, just completely in the, you know, of the, the time there and then. Because, well, partly because I kind of get bored of my own material after a while, you know, I'm not, yeah. there's only so much I can do something before even I, I just can't like deliver it with the same uh, enthusiasm anymore because I've just lost interest in it myself. Uh, and then there's, but then if you just got that thing where you, you know, you're responding to something that's happening in the moment, there is just something so joyful about it. And I think mm -hmm. that the audience responds really well to it too, because basically, you know, they're out to have a good time to, you know, hear some funny jokes, yeah. but they're also kind of, they want something which is like, there's a reason they, they are there then. That's like, that's addressing, I don't know, like if there's like some weird thing in the toilet, there's something that's addressing that because only you people in that room know that that is there at that yeah. time and you're sharing it together rather than it just being like pure kind of like pre-rehearsed pre material that's just like delivered one comedian after another. And so, yeah, this, there's been a couple of sets, especially when you get like a bad MC or someone who's just like killed all the energy and everything, okay. where I've just thrown away all of my material and I've just gone, okay, I can't do material now because the crowd are basically asleep. So I need to just play. You know, I need mm. to just interact with the audience, do crowd work. I need to just do stupid things. I need to find a way to just like make fun of this. And, uh, and yeah, and, and those, you know, there's always a risk with that because you might just alienate them further. But, you know, most of the time it's kind of worked out well for me because like, uh, you know, my background as well, mm. and my strength is improvising. So it's kind of, that is, I realized that through that. So it's, those are definitely the most memorable ones because you, you know, you, the energy that, because you're enjoying it too, right? Because yeah. you're coming up with this stuff and you see the crowd responding to it and there's a back and forth. And then mm. the next thing you know, you're kind of like, oh damn, this is fun. <laughs> You're dancing. You're just like, yeah, I'm yeah, liking it. Yeah, that's it. 
yeah, we're like, we're communicating properly as a like uh, performer and audience, you know, this, this isn't something which is like, uh, you know, this is something which you'll probably never be able to reproduce again and recreate mm. quite like this. Actually, I, oh man, oh. that reminds me. <laughs> there was one. Oh, damn. I always wish this one was filmed because I, I still can't believe it happened. Uh, but I, I can get I can get people to verify this. This is true. <laughs> I'm going to expect to speak to these people. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. It was such a weird thing. So there was a period of time, uh, like about a year ago, uh, oh, yeah. where the Dutch government uh, introduced this new system where when like a disaster happens, that they have this ability to send messages to everyone's phone in the entire country Okay. And whether or not your phone is on or off, on silent or whatever like that, this piercing noise comes out of it. And just a short message says, you know, like something has happened. Now, those things, they're, they're like localized to particular places. And, you know, it's, it's, I think it's supposed to be a replacement for like, you know, World War Three is happening kind of okay, uh, yeah. sirens going on. <laughs> but the thing was, is when they first introduced it, whoever was in charge of this thing just, just went a bit crazy. You know, they were just kind of like, it was literally like at least once a day, sometimes two or three times a day, you would, everyone around you's phone would just screech in this unbearably loud way. And it would say something like, yeah, it'd be something like our oh, train delayed or something. You know, it's just like, these are things which I'm like, I do not need this. No, like in Holland, come on now. Like, I, no, 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 that is a serious thing. No, I'll tell that's you. True, that's no, true. No. There was a time I was traveling around Europe and like, yeah, I did like, I was doing this on British rail site, like time systems. I got to the train station. I got to the platform right on time. And that train door was closed. Oh yeah, left. Yeah. 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 Two minutes beforehand. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're People complain here about the trains, and I'm like, dude, you need to live in the UK. Then yeah. you will know that these trains are good. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, when you say that so, train yeah. was delayed and you got the warning, yeah, that's a problem out there. Over here, you like, huh? but over there, that's no. it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone. I mean, yeah, clearly the priority is yeah. a different country but, to country. Yeah, no, but see, so, I, so this. This, this, these messages are coming through and it's getting to the point where people are getting annoyed by them, right? You yeah. Know, you'd like, you'd go out to lunch, you'd come back and you'd just like look through the emergency messages. You'd just be like, what the hell? It's like, <laughs> it's no longer emergency. It's the boy who cried wolf. It's like, we now no longer respond to these loud noises. So I'm kind of like making, so I started this joke. It was like, and again, what you were talking about, stuff materially can only use. And I'm happy to share this because I can't ever use it again because that period is over now. I was basically saying, I was setting up this thing where I was saying that, you know, you get this message, you think it's the end of the world. You start taking your clothes off. You start kissing people. You start crying. You tell people all their confessions. And then you find out that it's just this thing. So, you know, it's just like, it's a bit about that whole thing. And so I do this and I'm kind of like talking about people in the audience and yeah. And it went well. Then I move on, do a whole set. Everything mm -hmm. is, you know, going well. The crowd responding. And I come to like the last line of my set. I got this big climax thing. And as I'm like about to say good, e good night, everyone's phone goes off with one of these emergency alerts <laughs> simultaneously. And it was just, it was like as if I'd like rehearsed it and prepared it and made it so the government had sent a message out so we could get this and seriously everyone kind of like looked at their phones and looked at me with this expression of kind of like how did you do that good night if they went on call you're like nope no, yeah. I, I cannot I am, top no, this no it's like um, uh, it's like no the stars align the universe is on point 
And they said, this beautiful moment on this occasion. Good night. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank that you. is it. That's it. You can't stop that. You can't, you cannot prepare that. And yeah. And I just like, and like, even like the other comedians afterwards were kind of like, how did he, is that, you know, they just, even they could not quite believe that this was just pure coincidence. And I was like, I just, I look, don't question it. All I know is I'm never going to forget that. And I cannot believe I didn't film. God yeah, damn it. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you, <laughs> I don't know what points you did to the universe, but the universe yeah. turned around and went, look, just give you a little fist dab. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> Something you're going to remember forever. Oh, that's it. I'm yeah. loving that story, man. I'm loving that. That's got to say. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, I can imagine that. So uh, tell me, what is the comedy scene like in Holland? Uh, is it a case of... Are you in Amsterdam or like somewhere? So I'm in, I, so I'm in a, a, a city called Nijmegen, which is in the Southeast. It's, yes. um, it's the oldest city in the country. Don't worry. I mean, like I didn't, I hadn't heard of it before I moved here, but, uh, but it's the Netherlands. And one thing which is easy to forget is like the size of three British counties. It's like to get from Nijmegen to uh, Amsterdam on the train takes like an hour 20. Uh, and they're basically the opposite really sides of the country. Then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 a very small country, and so like I perform regularly in Amsterdam multiple times. Well, usually uh, multiple times a week, and so it's you know I'm going back and forth there a lot. But mm. um, but yeah, it's 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 a very much an expat crowd they perform to because even though the Netherlands uh, the Netherlands is like uh, it's you know the, probably the best English speaking country whose first language isn't English if you get what I mean. Yeah. Because everyone here does speak English so well. Mm. Um, so, you, you know, in, in many ways that the, they can like enjoy cultural things in English. You know, people are raised on films in English and TV mm. and that sort of thing. So the English language here is amazing with Dutch people um, and makes you feel terrible as a British person who only speaks one language barely. I speak English. Yeah, exactly. I speak English. English, not my strong point. <laughs> that's it yeah, English good but, yeah <laughs> but um but you, even so I guess there's a big there's maybe a bit of a leap between like um I don't know like having a, a rudimentary conversation in English and mm. like appreciating the nuances of maybe some language things so it is mostly like expats that you're performing to and the one thing you know the one thing which you kind of notice especially in and I think this is common for a lot of English language comedy throughout mainland Europe is that if you just just say things which make fun of the stereotypes of like the country that you're in, people lose their shit. It is, <laughs> you know, I mean, like the, with the Dutch, it's like, you know, the number of times I've heard stuff about their toilets, the, the shelf thing, the way that, the, yeah, I you, you need to Google Dutch toilets. It's, a, <laughs> it's an experience. And like the things about like the staircases here, there's like a lot of things which like if you've spent like a few weeks here, you'll like, you know, you'll have noticed them and you'll have gone like, that is weird, but maybe not weird enough to actually speak it out loud to anyone. And then, you know, comedians like mention these things and people just lose it because they're just like, oh my God, yes. I thought that, oh my God, I thought it was just me. <laughs> You, you see it too? <laughs> yeah, that's it. But I mean, but it's, it, it creates a bit of laziness though. This is the thing, right? Because like the first time you see, yeah, like when I first moved here, it yeah. was kind of like an interesting way to learn like what people consider Dutch stereotypes. Mm. Um, but 
then after a while you start to notice that like you know you'll get some comedians they're not doing quite so well and then they'll drop some like material which just like makes fun of the dutch and you know and the, everyone loses it and then they're kind of like they're kind of like oh yeah that's so much pretty well and i'm kind of like oh, okay <laughs> yeah but come on you know it's like you, you just like it's just msg man <laughs> <laughs> uh, so okay yeah so so it's very lively. Amsterdam seems to be the heart of comedy right. out there right now. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, when you make a point of the Aaron 20, like, yeah, when I used to do business travels out to Holland, yeah. anything which was more than 45 minutes away from Amsterdam, I was like, I'm, oh, thank God. I got so acclimatized to it. I was like, I'm, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going such a long way. I was like, oh, my Lord. Yes, oh. I wish yeah, it was closer, but yeah. That's wow. it. I think there's like a statistic or something where it's like you're never more than 10 kilometers from a building in the Netherlands. It's like the idea of, like, yeah, like even there's, there's a park, like a, like, you know, well, obviously there's little parks, but like a park, which is like a few kilometers big in the mm. center uh, called the Veloa. And it's like, it's, you know, that is the place where people go to see countryside. Because <laughs> the Netherlands is like, you know, it's, it's either just like built up like everywhere or it's farmland. Because yeah. these guys love farming. So <laughs> it's like one of the two. Uh, so what made you move to the Netherlands? Because like, yeah, well, it's just that, that's, yeah, this, this is the same ex. We, she got a new job here. And oh, okay. um, so we moved from Australia. But also from my perspective, um, whilst it was like a really nice standard of living in Australia, I didn't mm. feel too settled there i didn't like settle well so well in with like the uh, the culture the people there so mm. much um and i kind of started to miss like the friendships that i'd like forged and like over years in the uk mm. and, and family as well i mean you know that when you're communicating with the time difference and basically it's like even when you do get a chance to talk to each other and it's like it's their morning and your evening or oh, vice yeah. versa there's a weird sort of dynamic about that where you just you're in a different mindset you know it's just like you're never quite on the same wavelength because well, no, it's a different it's, time of day. Yeah, no, it's impossible because like you either kicking off, they're, like they're going to sleep, or like vice versa. You, you it's yeah. a very tough thing indeed. Like that. That's uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so I was like, you know, and obviously things have uh, been uh, politically charged in the UK since I left, uh, so to speak. Oh, well, uh, well, what, do you <laughs> what could I possibly be talking about? Uh, 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 <laughs> politically, uh, yeah. Uh? <laughs> yeah, and I, so I, I was I wasn't in a hurry to move back to the UK, uh, particularly. But I was uh, I was kind of like, but moving nearby, yeah, yeah that sounds yeah. good. Look, come on now, we had we had this long like movie saga, longer than Lord <laughs> of the Rings and the Hobbit put together. <laughs> Like yeah, oh, like it, it was like you know what I mean. Like had a number of different characters which came into play. Uh, yeah, yeah, spin-off depending series, from yeah. the like the evil eye of the EU. <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. Uh, uh, I know it's yeah. And so yeah, and so it was just like a thing, and, and like the Netherlands. Yeah, I mean I've got to say because even though obviously I'm referring to my ex, we're no longer together. I do just really love the life here, and at this city, mm. Nijmegen is a really beautiful place. Uh, it's I've really have like made a lot of good friends here and uh, settled here, and it's kind of a, yeah. I mean, I've got no plans to leave anytime soon, so I, I really like this place now. Ah, fantastic! Like so, the Netherlands is your home, and hey, put it this way: if you need to go to South Wales to visit, it's a hell of a lot more of an easier commute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's it, that's yeah. It. 
No. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's it. You're like, you know, you catch a train straight to Shipwell, straight to Shipwell and then straight to Cardiff. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I can bypass London as well. So, you know, less stressful. <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I mean, like, there's great things in London, but the idea of going to one of the airports and trying to go somewhere else is one of the, like, one of my least favorite things. <laughs> hey, you can fly into Gatwick or Heathrow or Stansted. <laughs> Yet still be sure, hundreds sure. of miles away from home. It's great. Like I'm sure Ryanair <laughs> do that for Wales anyway. Oh yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> we'll fly you to London. What? <laughs> but if you want oh, to go yeah, to London, exactly. we're sending you to Wales. Okay. <laughs> uh, so with this, um, was it a case of because you were doing comedy? acting work came up naturally or was it writing yeah well oh. that was a that was a weird kind of sidestep because i i mean like so this is like a, a weird thing because i've never i've never had acting training i cannot really say that i'm any good at it at all um but i talked to someone once and ended up kind of like hearing this like look there are not many people who are like male in their thirties who are doing acting because usually it's younger people mm. and they kind of give up on their dreams at a certain age. <laughs> and so there's like, you know, so this guy had basically like quit his job and he kind of like had a similar profile to me um, yeah. and was like, you know, they're looking for people like you. And so I was like, you know, I'm always kind of, especially during that phase, I was like, oh, try something new. Yeah. Why not? I'll give it a go. So I had this meeting with an agent and kind of, you know, and he, I, I kind of explained what my background was. And I said that, look, I've got improv and like stand-up experience. So that kind of, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with like responding to things. And he ran me through some exercises and, you know, he, he was, it, it was, it was nice enough. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, then basically over the, like a period of about a year and a half, I mean, I like auditioned for a lot of things and a lot of like student movies, um, some adverts, um, some music videos, uh, some, yeah, it, like nothing. Well, one uh, feature length film, uh, which is now being put out to like um, uh, film festivals at the moment that came out late last year. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like I was always very conscious of the fact that I wasn't very good at it. But I also was like, not, I wasn't lying. You know, I was kind of like, look, no, uh, you he, know. He is quite good at his acting work. Anyone who might be listening to for particular actors. But that's yeah. it. I'm like, look, I mean, it's, I suppose it's one of those things. It's like you have an audition. It's like mm. you basically, you, 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 you do what you're asked to do. And then it's like, they, and that's it. You know, you can only do what you can do. And I was, I was trying to learn. I was trying to pick up things along the way. But I was very conscious of the fact that I was surrounded by some people who were, you know, a lot better at it. Than yeah. Me. The roles I'm going for as well. It's like, I remember one which was for an advert. And it, it was just hilarious. It's like, it was for an advert for a car. And like, literally all that they wanted this person to do for this was to kind of like, look at this car driving past and look impressed. That was the spec for the advert and the audition what they made me do is they said okay so imagine the car is over this side of the room and the car is going to move across to the other side of the room where the window is and so what i want you to do is when i say go to imagine the car is driving along and just look impressed about the fact it is just find a way to look impressed and so i'm just kind of standing there i'm like yeah sure okay that sounds simple enough i'll do it and so he's like go and i'm just staring staring at nothing and it's like, ah, oh, ooh, yeah, looks good. 
you know i mean you know internally obviously <laughs> but like I, i'm trying to like i'm trying to like in my face just do this thing of like whoa what a nice car oh, <laughs> i like, feel like alan partridge or something in his moment and then i don't know what was just like so he was kind of like uh, then i finished and he's like okay um can you do the same thing again but just sort of uh just just scale it back a bit <laughs> I'm just thinking, okay, so I've got to look impressed by the car, but not that impressed, and you know, like, just, just maybe a little bit more <laughs> internalizing of the, you know, it's like, I like this car, but I don't want everyone to know that I like this car. So I'm in my head, like, going, you know, well, imagine the car, what car would it be? And, and who, who's, who is it that I'm trying to hide this from? And all I'm, while I'm thinking all this, he's like, okay, go. And I'm just like, okay, looking, looking. it's all right, car, it's okay. And that's it. And then I was done. And then I'm, I'm like, okay. and he's like, okay, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. Okay, bye. And that's it. I go into this room. I look across a room twice in two different ways. And that's all there is, you know. I, that, this is the extent of the audition. You know, this is, this is the sort of thing that I'm going for. Look, I was expecting Oscar-worthy stuff. I'm, I'm quite disappointed. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you, didn't see, you didn't see my expression. That second time, my God. Uh, there was I, a lot I, of deep-rooted emotion. Uh, I could just see it now. Just like... Here comes the car. Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> so did you get the job? No, I didn't get it. <laughs> I cannot even stare at a car. Exactly. Oh my god! Exactly. It was, and it was so funny because the guy who I like who talked me into starting in the first place, I'd like keep bumping into him because of the fact we had the similar profile. We, we yeah. saw each other so much at these auditions, and like every single time, it'd always be like, "Oh, how's things going?" He'd be like, "Oh, great! I got this one. I got this one. I got this one. And this one. How's things going for you?" And I'd be like, "I got the. I got that one. Yeah. Oh, so you were." Okay, yeah. No, I didn't hear back from them. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> like, it was always like, like this reminder. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, he's like, like my doppelganger, yeah. but he's the good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you for introducing me to this world, but I hate you at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> Getting all my jobs. <laughs> I stared at that car. I saw it. I was kind of impressed, but taking yeah, it back yeah. a little. <laughs> I see. Clearly, he had the look of someone who had just the right amount of appreciation for a passing <laughs> car. <laughs> mm. No, no, no. <laughs> Take it back a lot because you want to do stuff to that car when it does not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're getting that creepy vibe coming back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Like, dude, leave that exhaust alone. Come on. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> now you've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant so, <laughs> so like so the acting work is coming along like nicely not as much as you expect but yeah ah uh, yeah i mean i i've uh, it's because one of the things when you're doing so i mean like you know i constantly get reminded of this and also you know last christmas i had a near, near burnout because i was just committing to too many things and it was just mm. getting too bad uh, and so I did make a conscious decision over Christmas to kind of like scale back certain things. So I'm doing a lot less stand-up. I'm not doing any acting at the moment, but I have thrown myself kind of heavily into improv because I'm part mm. of a group called Easy Laughs in Amsterdam at the moment. So I'm like, I'm teaching and performing with them uh, on a, well, on a weekly basis still, but like it was now it's online, which is not quite as fun, but um, 
but there's a lot that goes into the organization and it's quite you know it's quite nice just being part of something which is like a bit bigger and like and yeah and also kind of uh, i'm getting a lot more teaching experience and that's like a new challenge again as well mm. because it's it's amazing how when you start to try and teach something that you suddenly realize how how much of it you think you know but you don't know mm. <laughs> <laughs> and to actually put it into words it's like oh you know it's just uh you just do the thing what's the thing uh, you exactly. know um the thing <laughs> which leads yeah, to the thing me bob and yeah yeah what you do yeah, like, this, like not that not what you're doing yeah, not what no, you're doing. no. <laughs> change that change that <laughs> Pretend you're yeah. like you are. Know, so pretend you're staring at an impressive car going by. Just like going, going. I really had nothing for them at this time. But yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh my god. So yeah. Yes. How long have you been doing the improv group in uh, Amsterdam for now? Yeah, so, so that's been, so I, I joined them as a trial uh, last year because um, yeah, they've got these, they're like the main cast. They only have like between, I think it's what, six and 12 or so whenever, you know, at any one time. And so a few people had left. And so I was on this trial for a while. Um, and, you know, I've done, I've done quite a lot of improv, but it was more about the fact that, it, you know, when these guys were like on another level of like, what they're doing and the mm -hmm. teaching as well so there was a bit of a kind of a jump in terms of like doing this stuff regularly starting to run workshops starting to like uh, create new formats and things like this so yeah. like uh and things which i mean like and they, they said themselves because i ended up getting taken on um after the end of this trial and they actually said themselves it's kind of because i one of the things that i said as feedback was like i was like i was like most weeks just kind of like i had no idea what i was doing i was like you know really <laughs> flying by the seat of my pants and i was like just hoping that it would work out okay um which hey it's improvising but um but that was the thing and they said it's like well that's kind of part of it is the fact is that you know you're never really ready for a lot of that stuff so we just kind of put you in it and some people sort of respond really positively and just like jump onto it and like really you know and, and respond really well to it mm. some people kind of just you know panic and just go a bit like this is too much too soon too fast or whatever and yeah that's not such a great fit so I just, uh, yeah, so it was kind of like a nice thing to hear because I was kind of like, oh, okay, this is normal and it went well. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just like, okay, you're a chair and this is what, no, it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do I get into the feeling of a chair? Okay, well, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what type of chair is <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. So with that, uh, you, like, you're writing as well. Is it a case of you're just writing? What type of writing are you taking on at this present time? Yeah, so the, major so the majority of my writing I've done has been uh, music reviews, interviews, features, thought pieces, things like this, so music related. Mm. Um, and so I did, when I was in Australia, because I had more time, I did get to the point where I was starting to take on paid work and do things. So like uh, I wrote for um, Splendor in the Grass Festival. That's like the big music festival. I was doing like the music program there and mm. things like that. Um, so I was starting to take on other things as well, just uh, things which weren't directly related to music and, um, you know, just like these uh, social fluff pieces, I guess. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to describe them really. This is just things about a thing, about an event that's happening or something like this, or you know, uh, things that are themed about uh, a particular subject or whatever it is. Um, it wasn't, those, you know, tended not to be so exciting. And in the same way, actually, a lot of the reviewing was, I was starting to get bored of as well, especially like live reviewing, because there's only so many ways that you can describe a bunch of people standing on stage making music mm. uh, before you suddenly realize <laughs> this, like, oh, God. <laughs> okay, look, look, I just copied, paste. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Is that going... It's like I got to the point where I was actually getting excited if someone just did something unexpected, not because of the fact that it was like, you know, making the night better or worse, but just the yeah. fact that it was like, hey, I can write about this. Great. You know? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> no, like it must be kind of hard if it, like if the thing you're doing, it's sort of taking away the sort of original joy you had, if you get what I mean. Yeah. To a point. For sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah I like, mean, yeah, because... Yeah, because yeah, you, you, there's a reason you get into it, and yeah, that's. So I I did so since leaving, I've done I've done. Well, actually, I started writing for a magazine here called All Things Loud in the Netherlands, mm. um, and that's music based. But uh, and yeah, and I was doing quite a lot of writing for them. But then um, I was starting to get bored of interviews because I was also starting to get to the point where I was like, well, I'm always asking the same questions. I'm always getting these kind of like quite cliched responses. Yeah, uh, and I was starting to like you know. I mean, with some exceptions, because some of them were just like fascinating people to talk to outright, but they were also doing lots of interviews, these bands that I've been spoken to and things like that. So I had this idea, which I like approached the editor with to do like an interview series where I'm basically in character and I have like a series of characters and I interview these, uh, these bands who are like, you know, and as far as they know, this is just a regular part of the like, you know, press junket. This is just like, okay, there's going to be us and then someone else afterwards, but we will just basically turn it into something completely ridiculous. It'll be filmed. It'll just be, you know, each of these characters will be these kind of like larger than life um, people who are like completely unsuitable for the role and mm. we'll just see what happens basically and uh, that's so that turned, that developed into a web series called uh, real power talk um and we've uh, done a few of those i've actually been editing a lot of the ones that uh, with this lockdown period that i've been right. meaning to do and uh, yes yeah, so that that now has actually kind of taken most of my time as far <laughs> as the music side of things goes but it's it's just so much fun though i can't I mean, it's proper kind of adrenaline stuff when you're just going, you know, you're, you're basically lying with a character. You're being compl someone completely different to these people. They're like, you know, they're bands, so they're always trying to appear a bit cool and mm. that sort of thing. So you don't know how they're <clears> going to respond. And, uh, you know, it, it does does get quite wild sometimes, you know, and it's, it's a, <laughs> there are, the sessions are a lot of fun. Just like, who is this guy? Why are you doing this? Well, I mean, so the thing is, it's like, I mean, there was one band called uh, Sht. Uh, they're a Belgian band, and uh, okay. they was at a music festival called um, Best Kept Secret, and I was uh, interviewing them backstage. And I was in this kind of like fashionista character, wearing like, you know, the most ridiculous outfit. Um, talking to them but the thing was is they completely you know as weird as i made it they kind of matched it and almost <laughs> upped it even further and there was one point and i do remember this because there's one point where the singer uh licked my eyeball uh, <laughs> he just and he just, basically he slowly came up to me moving his face closer and closer to mine and i'm thinking like 
oh god he's gonna kiss me i'm not so so, so this is not cool and then just at the last minute he moves his mouth up above my mouth and just licks and i was just like okay <laughs> oh, that's, uh, no <laughs> no, like, no i can get pink eye <laughs> oh, no, oh, god that he's a musician you don't know where that tongue's been <laughs> that's like, it right yeah, look, look, oh, look you're taking god. your life in your hands when he, when he <laughs> but to lick your eyeball you're lucky you're not oh, looking man. like nick fury right now <laughs> god damn oh God, yeah, no. that could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, so that was a that was a interesting interview. Oh, that, that was definitely one as well where I was kind of like, I'm I'm they, I was it was like a sort of it was almost like a dance. It's like I'm seeing how far I can take it. And yeah, they're seeing how far things they can take it. But that was definitely the point in which I was like, okay, this is this is as far as I'm willing <laughs> to take it. I need nope. to find. I'm out. I'm I'm off to get an eye bar for something. I don't want to know. <laughs> don't know what that's like. If you like, if you got some strange cough or whatnot, stay the hell away from me. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so, how long do these interviews go on for? Because it sounds like yeah. Well, it varies a lot because often when band, yeah, because it depends on how many other interviews they got lined up. So whatever slot we can get, we'd always push for as long as possible. Mm. It's far better to have more material and edit it down than to just, you know, get a tiny little bit of time, especially yeah. as well. Cause part of the fun is that period of time where they start to realize something is not right. So you want <laughs> to have that little transition. You don't want them to basically just be weirded out and then yeah. end. you want them to kind of like go, something's not right here and then start to see how they respond. Because they might, because they often they can also feel a bit like this guy's ridiculous, and then they start to like make fun of me, you yeah. Know? And, and that's a lot of fun too, because it's like you know that's good, because that's what it should be. It's like you know we're not trying to, it's not trying to make them look ridiculous. It's not like because it's not like one of those things where it's like uh, we're being mean to them. It's yeah. more of the fact that it's just kind of like my character will just be just like absolutely like idiotic and yeah, just you're like, just trying to play a game with them. Yes. Than, uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. It, it, it's uh, it's. I, I, I just yeah. It's, it's such a such a fun thing to do though. I mean, every single one of those always come away just laughing. And uh, and so far, touch wood, like not one band has realised until we've told them that it was a character. <laughs> at which point, it's kind of you know, I'll just change my voice, change accent, yeah, back to a normal one. And yeah. What I'd simply say is, you got to watch it if like. Not so much getting the same band come back again, but if like a member of that band leaves and goes to another band, they go, ah. <laughs> yeah. There is a bit, there is actually, that did happen with one. They, um, they did know, they had found out about it basically through a little bit of Googling um, beforehand, only, but only one of the band members knew. And that was actually quite fun. It was this band called Acres. Yeah. And, uh, so basically, and this was the funny thing about it was the other, so what, how the interview started was the ones who didn't know, they were there present and I was interviewing them and they were getting really kind of like freaked out 
partly because yeah, that, that particular character, I opened the whole interview with them talking about Chernobyl, the TV series. Um, <laughs> oh, so, but so like, sunlight, I, sunlight entertainment then. <laughs> that's it, right? And, and I was kind of like, so I'm doing this bit where basically I'm saying how I found it such an amusing series, uh, not amusing, sorry, but like a traumatic series. But I thought, I said, you know, it's amazing how they come up with these things, you know, and, and <laughs> basically trying to play into this idea that this character doesn't know that it's a true story. And so as I'm explaining this, it took, you know, I keep kind of saying these little things and one of the band members kind of turns and goes like, you know, you do know that it actually happened. And I'm like, sorry, what, what? <laughs> I mean, it, it happened. <laughs> just yes. this no. really yeah. awkward kind of uh. feeling of you know all this like acknowledgement that it's real but then at that moment like one of the the guy in the band who did know that it was uh you know knew about the series he comes along and the thing was so he knew but he was basically being really playful with it and he was really enjoying the fact that the other guys in the band didn't know so he's kind of like he he was just like it was just it was actually a really good chemistry between them because of this because of the fact that basically he was almost like on my side because i didn't know that he knew either you know yeah. there's, there's some serious mind games going on between <laughs> all of this. and you're sitting there like like i know i'm acting but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's like, he seems to be really into this you know what have been really freaky what would have like if like if just as you went, you know it's real, and you turn and go, it's real, and th then you start to tear up, or a single tear goes well, down. Well, that was <laughs> that was what I was. That I mean, that was because the guy interrupted at that point because like my plan. Because yeah, so basically, I've got like whenever we do one of these, we have certain set pieces which we try yeah. to fit in, but the rest of it is improvised. So this whole thing was supposed to be like a moment of like almost like a breakdown <laughs> of realizing how sad like the the fact that the chernobyl series was about a true event yeah and then the cameras would be focusing on them and to see if they kind of how they react to it because they'll be like watching this and maybe it'll be what do they do they try and console me do they sort of uh, do they say um shall we move on and then the us <laughs> trying to move on with the interview it's like it's one of these like little playful things it's like well, how would you react in that situation but, <laughs> but it, it got cut too early unfortunately oh that is a shame that is a shame <laughs> Because uh, tears would have been perfect. For uh, yeah, that's right. That's right, right. <laughs> it's real. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, get the guy from the TV commercial. Go, Why can you do that with the car? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, like, come on. Come on. That's it. <laughs> that's what we were looking well, for. Yes. Loving it. Like, okay, just so people know with the setup you've got right there, because this will also be going out on YouTube. You said you Oh will uh, it? Yes. Oh. So like yeah, Peter, <laughs> okay. So it's gonna be like there's gonna be some oh, people like going, oh, no, and I would have uh, done my hair and uh, well, 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 as you can see. Like I'm going with the t-shirt and long sleeve t-shirt, like yes. <laughs> so formal I am. I didn't know this was your formal wear. Come oh, on. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know what I mean? It is um, how can I say lockdown chic, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. describes it well. Describes yeah. it well. It's like, yeah, most comfortable clothes you can wear. It's like, yeah. 
Uh, it's been like I've <laughs> I now measure the time I've worn jeans in days, yet weeks. You know, it was at the yeah. beginning of it. I I didn't wear jeans for about three weeks. Then I was just like, oh my god, what what's happening here? Got to make a change. <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah, <laughs> there is a little bit of that. Yeah, I mean yeah. I, that's it, right? Because I, I mean there was a if it was warmer, I'd probably be in my pajamas right now. So I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> glad now that you know that that I know that this is going out, and I and I'm actually managed to put like a hoodie on. I mean it's still a hoodie, but it's 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 a formal hoodie. Uh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So like with with. With like uh, with your setup there, like it is, you said for voiceovers, is that correct? Yes, yeah, that's right. So yeah, I've done some voiceover stuff as well. So oh. um, yeah. So I'm like I've seen those soundproofing basically. Yeah, I've seen that type of setup on some YouTubers where they have that and they've got the mic all set up and then they're like, talking into it and like yes. Yeah, so yeah. Golden crispy sound, and it's like, oh, I understand. But, <laughs> yeah. but so, how long have you been doing voiceover work for? Eh? Well, yeah, I mean that that one has been on and off for because that, that's the one which is easiest to do without anything else going on. You know, it's just like mm. you and the microphone. Um, so that, I mean, like you know, I did one uh, like last week. Um, so it's it's again though, it's never really. Uh, exciting stuff that I do and most of it is kind of like auditioning for something and then getting no response that's uh you know I mean that's that's part of the process but uh yeah but the thing is is because I'm currently staying in my girlfriend's place and like over the lockdown and, and like I've moved most of my stuff here slowly um, yeah. over the period of the last few weeks <laughs> so including my recording stuff and it's like this 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 right here so this is a really like reverby room there's like mm. no carpet or anything on the walls so what i have to do when i do recording in this is cover myself in a duvet on top of this so that basically i don't get and it's you know so, so it's not such a glamorous thing when you're uh you're underneath the duvet trying to have this conversation but before i had this actually because i used to be a, i used to do a podcast with a guy um a friend of mine who was doing a project where he made a song every month and wrote and recorded it and collaborated for it and i'd interview him about each song mm. um and during that one though and those interviews would last like you know about as long as this one and i would do the whole thing underneath the duvet to ensure we had like the first perfect sound quality <laughs> but the thing was that was fine if it was in the winter or something but i was still doing that in the summer and i would like be starting those things wearing nothing but my underpants and just like a vest because even though it might not have been so hot at that point i knew that by about 40 minutes into that recording yeah near passing out from the heat of having this duvet on my head and this <laughs> microphone <laughs> Could just see someone walk in going, what the hell are you guys doing? Exactly. It's like, my legs sticking out the bottom. Okay, I knew you were friends, but I didn't know you were that friendly. No, we're just recording a podcast. Look, we've got the mic. Yeah, exactly. It's not what it looks like. It's like, okay. We've all been why under a duvet it's for the sound it's for the sound it's all on it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear That's god it. no so blimey <laughs> oh, 
no, that's that's thrown me off a kilter for a moment there, but still, <laughs> I'm now just got this mental image. It's like, yeah, you. It's a friend. strong one. I yeah, it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's it's one which I I try to do as little as possible now. Yeah, well, <laughs> how can I put it? It's it's permeating. That's why we needed to wash the bed sheets after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like no matter how you spin that. Even though I go, yeah, you know, so I go, yeah, why didn't need to work? We're really sweating. Mm, yeah, no. <laughs> Look, it's not that kind of podcast. Come on. I look, I, all I've got to say is, yeah, your listeners just must regard it extra bad. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Listen got, to this with that mental image. <laughs> we're, we're currently under the duvet recording <laughs> podcast for your entertainment. The temperature outside mm. is. A nice 83 Celsius. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Fahrenheit. And yes, let's enjoy the show. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, so, are you still doing the podcast or is it a case of you just doing uh, the no. so, so, that was just like, so the friend of mine, he was, the project was to do a track a month, uh, collaborate with people mm. um, and record and mix and everything. Um, so we started doing that. It was going well. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun to do actually, especially kind of like talking to him, talking to people who he'd done stuff with and trying to find out how it went. Cause it was a really like intensive thing to do to, uh, to write, to find a collaborator, to write a track, mm. to record it, to produce it, to master it and everything every month, like guaranteed is a, a really kind of tough process to do and actually have a life outside of it. Mm. Um, so he was doing this pretty intensively. Then what happened is that uh, at about month, uh, I think it was 10 or 11. So very close to the end. Um, he uh, had a thing happen where he lost all his files off his computer and he was towards the end of a month and he was already like stressed out like massively and he had well he had like a little bit of a breakdown at that point Um, and it was not a like yeah I mean it was a really tough thing for him I think that the pressure was getting to him anyway of doing Mm. this and committing to this but it was a part of his brain I think that it kind of like realized that he didn't have much longer to do and the podcast itself was almost becoming secondary because even though we'd recorded like lots of the interview episodes Mm. he was like look I'll do that later I like you know we'll record them now but I'll mix them and edit them later it's just like now is not the time So we, yeah, so basically, you know, we lost one of those episodes and everything. And what's quite sad about it, I mean, because is that he basically, I mean, he never finished the last track. Oh. He did 11 tracks and that was in 2018, but never finished December. And because of the circumstances, because obviously he was going through so much and it was a really tough thing, Mm. I kind of... I've ne- you know, I'm never going to kind of push him for anything of this and everything. And he's always sort of said, like, yeah, one day I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll finish it off. Yeah. But obviously it's been more than a year now. Uh, and, and I know that there's like the, the, the interviews are recorded and everything. And so the, 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 the stuff is there. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, the project is finished. He's mm. moved on to other things. Um, there was a part of me as well that was cause what I was tempted to do. And I'm, I don't know, I, I wish we'd done it. Um, and maybe we still will, who knows, is that I wanted to kind of like, if, if we weren't going to finish the project, if it had all gotten too much, it's just have a thing discussing about that. 
because right now it's in this kind of limbo state where it just stopped. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, there's still a story here. And, this, you know, the whole motivation he did for this was to try and finish things. Was mm. that because, you know, he would perpetually work on these musical projects and he'd get like 90% of the way through and get bored and never finish. Mm. And so he wanted to commit to something which he would then make sure that by the end of it, he would have 12 tracks of like totally out there, like, you know, collaborating with people. So it would be different music than he would ever do normally. And it would be a learning experience and all this sort of thing. Um, and I was just like, you know, that in itself is a fascinating thing. We should talk about this. I mean, the fact is, is it's not about like actually, it's, it's not like a failure to have gotten yeah. this close. It's actually really cool that you got this much done. And some of those tracks, by the way, was so good. Like two mm. of them, I'm like, people need to hear this music. This is incredible. I mean, like, you know, other ones, I mean, you know, there were some of them which you could tell were rushed a bit more. Mm -hmm. But they were, but and, and some of them maybe not just to my taste and things like that. But they each of them had its own story to tell because of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I just wish that we'd have kind of like given the project some closure, just to mm -hmm. sort of say that like, well, look, it it didn't work out, but I don't know. You know, the fact mm -hmm. that it got this far, that in itself should be celebrated. Yeah, I think I agree. I think it should be celebrated. And like the problem, like, uh, we all have this whole thing. Like we're all like. All of us are someday, one day people, if you get what I mean. Like, yeah. someday I'll finish it, one day I'll finish it. And, like, that someday, yeah, yeah. one day, before you know it, it, a week goes by, a year flies by. Before you know it, it's, like, five, ten years down the road. And you're like, oh, I really wish I did that. Um, I think it's important to sort of complete something like that. Yeah, you might not have got all 12 tracks, but it's a case of, yeah, this is what I went through. And this is like, this is the story of that, as you mentioned, to really sort of like, go look, this is like, these are the things which were really good about him. This is the creativity and this is the things what came out of it. But this is the sort of toll, the price it took for me to get that out. And it's one of those things where I think it could really help uh, other people who might decide to go down that path. It's just yeah. one of those things where you don't, if you don't tell everything about it, look, the amount of people you see who are successful out there, the amount of people which have gone through the whole sort of, got their reps, gone through the whole ordeal and trials and tribulations. Everyone yeah. doesn't see that. We see the, we see the highlight reel. We see the good times. We see the best times, but we never see the crap what comes with that. And I think people need to know that because, yeah, then you know what the price is. You know what you need to do to, like, yeah, to make it happen, to do the things you want to do, follow your dreams, and, yeah, make them happen. It's not easy. Yeah, very well said. That's exactly it. And, and that's, it's, it's as you say, it's like it's, it's, there's always a temptation to put your best self out there constantly mm. and to polish over the mistakes and the things that you get wrong. But like, that's part of the reason I enjoy talking about things like, you know, how my bad acting experiences and things like this is because of the fact is, is like, that's, that's just part and parcel of it. And the fact is, is that even though I was not good at this particular thing, I was trying, I was trying to put something out there and I was finding the parts of it that I was good at. And I was trying to like, you know, develop the parts that I wasn't. 
but the thing is, is you don't just kind of like click your fingers and be good at something overnight. And not everything mm. that you try will end up being a success. I mean, actually, it's it's good to have things which aren't successes because it shows mm. that you're kind of you're learning about yourself. You're learning about what the reason that something didn't work. And so, to me, it's like that's a really important thing that we share the things that uh, that we that we fail in, to share the things that we're not good mm. at. Because those are the things which I think are most relatable. Yeah, no. And <clears throat> with that, yeah, you've got to, I would say people need to be prepared to do stuff they suck at. Like, you know, <laughs> no, no, it's a case of, look, you think about it, right? But one of the reasons why I started this podcast is like, yeah, you get to a certain point in life where you're not talking to as many people as you normally would talk to. You get a little bit more set in your ways. And this is... Yeah. Uh, excellent way to talk to different people from like different backgrounds and help like help hopefully help myself grow and help other people who might be listening to grow as well uh, but whole thing is this is something completely new uh, I'm not doing like podcasts you talk like if you spoke to me a year ago and went yeah you'll be sitting talking to the like uh Stephen Morgan uh yeah over in like Holland uh, about like yeah his life and times and stuff like this uh just like going uh-huh I'll be like okay <laughs> who is this guy but <laughs> it's like yeah, oh, it's okay. yeah, sure. uh, yeah. and you'll be doing you've have another 33 podcasts beforehand where you've been talking to a number of people and looking to have a countless other podcasts where you'll be talking to more and more people i would have been like uh, no <laughs> it's like uh, oh, i don't see that happening but yeah it's true uh, yeah and look it's still there's a long way to go and yeah i'm sure i will suck many a time doing it but like it's a case of <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but in order for myself to grow, you've got to, like, I've got to, like, I've got to take the ball by the horn, say, using lots of metaphors right now, and basically, yeah, like, just, uh, yeah, take it forward from there and not be afraid to suck at, like, doing something new. So, yes. Oh, yeah. That's it. Man, I did, when I was in Australia, I also took up Taekwondo. Oh. Like I, I can't even touch my own toes without bending my knees. I'm like I'm that inflexible, and that's part of the reason I did it is because I was like I want to do something which I suck at as far as exercise because I need to get I don't want to be so inflexible. Mm. I ended up getting to uh, to a third cup, so blue belt with brown tip uh, before I left. Um, but it's yeah, I mean the thing is is I I wasn't good at taekwondo. I sucked. I mm. you know I was like I was really not you know I, I was good at the patterns and things like this but if i was trying to kick you know you could hear the creaking parts of my like hips and bones and everything every time i tried to raise my leg above a certain point the kids you know and especially like the young you know the, the young adults and everything they oh, were yeah. so better than me at this sort of thing but like i was like if i don't do this then i'm just gonna it's just gonna get worse i'm gonna get less flexible it's just gonna get worse for me so I mean, you know, and I was kind of like enjoying the the social side of things, and I was mm. and I was enjoying doing it as well, even if I was very conscious of the fact that uh, anyone looking in would be like, "What does that guy think he's doing?" <laughs> but, so that's it. It's like I'm having fun, and that's that's the main thing. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, we've been doing this for an hour and fifteen minutes uh, and counting. I uh, tell you what, like, yeah. You're getting quite dark over there. It's getting quite dark. Yeah. yeah. So I'll tell you what, like, 
if you could tell people where they can find you, your like your social medias and such. Uh, yeah. Sure, sure. Okay. Well, um, so I've got a Facebook page at Stephen Morgan Hero. So yeah, that's just the username. Yeah, you got to just type something, right? And Stephen Morgan was already taken. Oh, well, um, I like Instagram. The of uh, <laughs> well, you got to put something. It means you're not committing to something, right? I'm like, I'm not Stephen Morgan, uh, you know, um, a comedian or whatever. I'm Stephen, yeah. Morgan, a hero. That's that's that's, that's nice and vague. Uh, <laughs> I'm a ma zero sm uh, on Instagram, which is yeah, really unmemorable. Um, but I'm sure you can put it in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Flavardit on Twitter, which is equally unmemorable and will definitely need some sort of spelling. But uh, <laughs> when you got rubbish usernames like that, it means that people don't take them before you can. So that does help. But yeah, so and, and the, the web series that I have is called Real Power Talk. That's on Facebook and YouTube. Um, and uh, also the, the podcast I talked about, which uh, never really finished, is called Calendar Music. That's Calendar with a K. That's mm. on all sort of podcast sources. Um, the improv group that I'm with now is called Easy Laughs. Uh, that's facebook.com slash easy laughs or uh, twitter.com slash easy laughs or instagram.com slash easy laughs Amsterdam because somebody stole the easy laughs username. So this is really interesting stuff. Uh, but yeah, but the, I think that covers all the main ones which uh, are still active that I'm doing. Excellent. Yeah, I'll definitely put this in the show notes uh, in the description uh, down below. So yeah, so people will be able to find that. Uh, not a problem at all. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say, Stephen, uh, it has been a pleasure speaking to you today. I'm loving the stories. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I, like, yeah, there's permeating images in my head, which I'll never get rid of. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, like, yeah. I'm going to now practice looking out of a window, pretending there's a car I desire outside. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. If you need Uh, any tips, just let me know. (laughs) uh, No, no, I definitely shall. Definitely shall. And yeah, uh, yeah, I'll have to say thank you uh, very much today. Thank you so much for you. No worries. No worries at all. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to everyone out there, my friends, my life warriors. I do hope you have a great day. Be awesome. Be excellent. Be all the positive bees you can be. And yeah, I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Peace. Ha ha. Ha ha.